Admittedly, it was really hard to sing glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. After the verse in our psalm that read, Happy shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. Really hard. It's really tough. And yet, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. It's really hard to read Jeremiah's lament about the destruction of the city of Jerusalem, or of Israel, and understand the depths of his existential crisis. For both writers, there is a profound sense of loss. They are afraid. Their souls, the depths of their conscience, is afraid to grapple with what is God's intent now that everything before their very eyes have seemingly slipped away. And then we have Paul's epistle to Timothy. If you remember, Timothy is the the person in charge, the bishop in charge of the church in Ephesus. And Paul is his mentor in faith, or in our parlance, his godfather in many ways. Someone that he has mentored and brought up in faith. Someone who has accompanied Paul in all his journeys. And now Timothy who is a very young person, is in charge of this burgeoning church. And church being what it is, is quite a messy place. You know, go figure, there is conflict. There's division. And on top of all of that, they are in fear of the empire. And they are in a place of deep searching. And Paul is encouraging Timothy by basically saying, it's not the gifts that you think you have, but the gift of faith that you were given, the gift of anointing that you were given when you came into a deeper relationship with God in Jesus, and also the gift of ordination, which is preparing you to travel through this deep, dark season in your life and in the life of the church, to guide the church in the ways God intends for it. And now we have the gospel as well. Now if you take a look at the gospel of Luke, there's an interesting sort of wordplay conversion that happens. We think, we normally think about the 12 disciples of Jesus and them asking the question, increase our faith. But what Luke is actually doing is conflating a couple of historical events. You see, the church is well established and the apostles are sent to their different places. And Luke, for them, is recounting the words of Jesus talking about the gift of faith as a mustard seed. 
So my questions to us collectively as a congregation is this. What is our conscience afraid of? Which presupposes that we are afraid of something. For many of us, the fear is rooted in a fear of failure, a fear of deep loss, which is, unroo- which is rooted in fearing that we are unworthy. For many of us, we are so fearful of failure that we fear the future. What will happen? What's next? Imagine the people that Jeremiah is writing to in Lamentations, that the psalmists are singing about in exile in Babylon, Paul addressing Timothy's feeling of failure and lack of worthiness, and now the apostles who were so consecrated to go out into the world and preach the gospel, all addressing this fear that is in the depths of our soul, which modern society actually has also increasingly put upon us this fear of the future, what will happen tomorrow? In the midst of this, there is the gospel message. When the apostles ask Jesus, increase our faith, the example that is remembered is that of a mustard seed. We all know how small a mustard seed is. Now, how in the world is that relevant to anything that we're going to talk about? Jesus, what's up with this mustard seed? Well, I think uh, for all of us, um, there is a lesson to be learned from a mustard seed. How do you cook a mustard seed? How many of you have cooked using a mustard seed? Let's just show a hand. Okay, great. Okay. So here's one way I cook with a mustard seed. And imagine this. Imagine you have a pan. And in that pan, you add oil. Now, in order for the mustard seed to actually work in the oil, the oil needs to be heated. And at the right temperature, the mustard seed starts to crack open. And once the mustard seed cracks open, you know you are ready to cook. Now just think, what if we are the pan in this sort of um, comparison? We are the pan, and the pan is anointed with oil as we are in baptism. Yet having the oil on our bodies, on ourselves, is not enough. We need to rekindle the power of God, stir up the power of God that happens through the flame, right? Because the Holy Spirit is described in many places as a flame, and that heats up the oil in the bodies or our pans. And then you add the mustard seed, and the mustard seed 
cracks open. The little seed of faith cracks open in our anointed bodies when it is heated by the power of the Holy Spirit. What happens? The mustard completely transforms that oil and in many ways the contents of the pan. So yeah, having faith as small as a mustard seed Remembering that we are anointed by God with the power of the Holy Spirit and allowing the power of God's Holy Spirit through the fire of life to heat us up cracks open our very selves so that we can be a fragrant aroma to God and add taste to this world. Perhaps that's what Jesus is telling us to do. You know, there are two understandings of faith uh, that Luther, Martin Luther, the great reformer, picks up from St. Thomas Aquinas. Luther talks about the faith about God, you know, the intellectual propositions of faith, which is all well and good. But in order for our faith to be stirred up, to be really empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit through that fire, what we ultimately need is faith that is trust in God. Not necessarily faith about God, but faith in God. So in our moments of deep despair and fear, when we are living in this world, the faith that we are invited to is this deep faith in God the abiding presence of God in the midst of devastation, in the midst of calamity, in the, di in the midst of worrisome things, relying and trusting in a God who is going to be with us till our very last breath. Ultimately, that is faith, a deep and abiding trust in a God who certainly calls us and knows us by name. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the questions that I'd like to ask for you today is this. How do you experience the power of the Holy Spirit? The truth of the matter is sometimes in life, uh, there's oil, but that fire isn't enough. We need to stir up or rekindle the fire that is beneath our souls to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. It could be in moments of quiet. It could be in moments of contemplation. It could be by coming to church and hearing a word or participating in liturgy or being part of a community that embraces you for who you are and not for who the world places judgments about. How do you experience the power of the Holy Spirit? And if you do feel disconnected from God, let me just invite you. We have all been there. We have all been there in moments of life where sometimes the disconnection is so stark. But remember the gift of that mustard seed, that very small mustard seed, 
And even if you don't feel like doing it, just pray. The prayer could be this. God, help me. God, help me. As simple as that. So, brothers and sisters, what aspects of your life in God needs to be rekindled? Where do you need to trust or rely more on God? As we continue in this journey of faith into the sacred mystery, the banquet that has been prepared for us, offer all your fears and your possibilities at the foot of the cross. And it is there that you will receive the solace and the empowerment you need to live on.